So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Before we start the show, it is time for another little Carfection film club. And this week it is We Drove Colin McRae's 1997 Subaru Impreza WRC car. When you really know what you're doing, you don't need to, so you can left foot brake a bit more, which then helps you get into the corners. You have to throw gears at it constantly, and it is absolutely brilliant. Phil, what is this about? We should probably clarify, that's just the title of the film. We didn't actually drive Colin McRae's 1997 Subaru Impreza WRC car, but Henry Catchpole did from Carfection, and he thrashed the bejesus out of it. This is, uh, this is a, an all-time legendary, iconic, some would say, World Rally Championship car, and uh, some bloke's got it now, and he lent it to Henry, and he wanged it around. And so, yeah, watch seven minutes of uh, Henry having a lovely time. It's great. I love when those old rally, well, the rally cars do that kind of spitty noise. What is that? Oh, yeah, the, the anti-lag at the start is the... Like that. And then you get the yeah. whirring of the turbos where they go... There should be more That's of those noises. F1 doesn't have enough of those, I mean, let alone in the hybrid era. So I like the video for the sounds. Thank you. That was our new Carfection Film Club. Go check it out now. We have linked to the video in the show notes. Carfection for the love of cars. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's cut out all of the bits in the middle in a bid to make things shorter but more exciting. I've been Chica Rice. Goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Jack Aitken of F1 podcasts. We do a fairly good job, but ultimately we mess it up for everybody else. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the unloved Fittipaldi of F1 podcasts. He actually did quite a good job. I wrote this thinking, ah, he's going to be shit, but you know. I mean, he was shit, but he at least finished the race. Unlike some people. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that will be replacing Missed Apex as first choice podcast this weekend. And nobody expects us to do well. I think we'd do well if we came in a respectable fifth. But we knocked like a microphone off. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that had forgotten all about Lewis Hamilton until he posted on social media this week. Do you remember him? Yes, he was hated by people who... Don't like people paying taxes. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that really doesn't like marzipan. I mean, I've never fucking liked it. I love marzipan. In fact, I've got some right here. Russell, Russell, Russell. I'm just opening up my marzipan packet. Oh, it seems to have posted a film of it sexually abusing someone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chica Rez, and not even George Russell could replace me. So here's what's going down. We asked that he was busy. As sequels go, Bahrain 2, George and Valtteri's bogus journey was far superior to the original, even if the pyrotechnic budget was much lower. 
We're going to talk about George Russell and whether he is now the best driver ever, Sergio Perez and whether he's now the best driver ever, and Valtteri Bottas and whether he's an incompetent buffoon who's barely qualified to drive a snowblower in Helsinki. Plus, we remember a long-forgotten driver from the distant past called Lewis Hamilton. That is all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who has a new ride for 2021. It is Phil Tromans. Hi, everyone. Yep, yeah, big news in the driver market. Uh, I'm delighted to announce that I will be driving for Seat in 2021, by which I mean I've got a new car and it's a Seat. I've been having long-term cars for a long time. You basically keep them for ages and write about them regularly. and then you give So them hang back. on, what's different about having a car after three months than, say, a week? What extra insight were yeah. you gained well, with the best will in the, with the with the best will in the world? When you have a car for a week, you don't do a huge amount of miles in it. You don't do that much stuff with it. You basically drive it around a little bit, and that's, that's what about you need. it. It's not really. You need to know what it's like to live with. Does it have any problems? What's it like if you need to go and get it serviced or whatnot? How? What's the fuel consumption like? What's it like if you try and get your mother-in-law in the back of it and she is not dead? Yeah. No, 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 not as far as I know. Last time I saw her, she okay. was fine. Just just checking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, so it wasn't nothing to do with me. I don't know where she is. And alongside him is a man who is waiting for a new laptop. It is Terry Saunders. Hi, everybody. So, some career advice. If you're a young human being and you think, I want to be a motion designer making high-profile content for BBC, you might think to yourself, what kind of computer do I need? I probably need a state-of-the-art brand new thing from Apple that runs all the latest gazoobadoos. Well, I have done two weeks of work on a 2009 iMac. (laughs) Wow. How was that? It's been slow, Phil. It's been frustrating. I'm Mm. very drained. (laughs) I've been doing very long days because I just have to go and make a cup of tea (laughs) whilst whilst I click a button. It's worked and it's going out on telly. So you'll be able to watch stuff on telly that was made on a computer that is older than Chica. Wow. Chica, what have you been up to? So this week uh, I rediscovered socialising again. What? Welcome back to tier two. And uh, went to see some friends. And because it's London, uh, I paid to go to sit in on top of a car park on a a little bench. And... (laughs) To do that, um, because we're in London, I paid eleven pounds wow. for a mulled wine. That's, that's not well, bad. That's really cheap. That's really parking. cheap to get into a car park in London. Yeah. <laughs> Short stay <laughs> drinking. That's fine. Stand by for an incoming Charles Leclerc because we are approaching listeners' corner, three wide, and there ain't enough room for all of us. You've been polluting our Facebook page with your opinions, and here are some of the ones we didn't hate. We'll start with a rip-snorting barnstormer that was the first lap and then the second half of the Sakir Grand Prix. There were lots of things to talk about, but let's begin with George Russell. With Lewis Hamilton out with the COVID, George ditched the Williams and nearly won the race, foiled only by some uncharacteristic Mercedes fuckuppery and his replacement, Jack Aitken. Of course, that's what we thought. But then you haven't encountered our new feature, where we consult the true oracle of F1 for what really happened. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mystic Deb, my mum. What? About a week ago, um, Hamilton was diagnosed with supposedly COVID, which I don't think he has, because his teammates also would have caught it. So it wouldn't be just him isolating, it would have to be probably the whole of his team. Now, the reason why they've done this is because with Hamilton gone, this is the perfect opportunity for Mercedes to put Russell in the car and actually to see what he is like because he's not had the car before. In the Williams, he never did really a lot, but he has a lot of talent. Hamilton has nothing to lose, but when it came to the actual race, Russell was actually outstanding and probably took Mercedes by surprise. So they thought, no way was this going to be allowed to happen. Think about it, it's, you know, it's, looking at it, it, you'd probably think that way, it's the car that wins, not the driver. As the race went on, Mercedes realised that Russell was actually doing brilliantly. That's when Mercedes came up with their different tactics of 
The first time was st by sticking the wrong tyres on. Now, their excuse for that was they didn't get a radio signal in half of the garage. Well, Mercedes got so much technology behind them, I think a radio not working is a bit of a feeble excuse. Slow Bottas right down. Nobody cares about Bottas. Even after that, when Russell started to go back up again, so the next ploy was I a puncture. And Russell was in on it as well. They said they had a puncture, but he didn't feel it. He claimed he did afterwards. I mean, Mercedes have never been this bad, even for the last few years, with any of their work. So why did they have such rookie errors now? And I, I don't think Russell was allowed to win in Hamilton's car. I really don't. I just think that would be just a no-no, because Toto afterwards said, it's Hamilton's car, it's Hamilton's garage, it's Hamilton's team. So that, to me, confirmed. Wow. So what do you think of uh, Mystic Deb's conspiracy theory? Is she, an, is she a COVID denier? I was going to say, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no mention of anti-vaxxing. There's no mention of 5G. I would give that like, I'd give it like a 6 out of 10. Um, she near, I think she was close steel. to saying pandemic at one point. <laughs> she, she doesn't think that I don't okay I'm going to pick holes in her argument but she's if, not here to defend herself so. good so if the, Hamilton's, they're faking Hamilton's illness so they can get Russell yeah. in the car yeah. but then when he gets in the car they don't want him to win because it's Hamilton's car they yeah. should have just let Hamilton drive his own car and not get ill although I will say the fact that none of his team, none of his engineers or anything had to be off with COVID is actually quite suspicious. Well, apparently he's super yeah. careful, uh, the, the narrative goes. That's what they want you to think. Who's, yeah, whose exactly. narrative is that? Whose this narrative is, well, is that, Phil? Hamilton, Hamilton in the, like, yeah. apparently he's super The he's mainstream super Mercedes. <laughs> and I can quite see him being quite aloof and not mixing with the, uh, not mixing with the common folk. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. I think I well, think if you were gonna if you if you wanted to get Hamilton out and Russell in but didn't want Russell to win, there'd be a lot more simple ways of doing it than this. Than and if you were Hamilton. gonna do it, you wouldn't do it at a bloody race, you'd do it at a test session somewhere. Or just get rid of Bottas for a week, no one would even notice. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about Bottas. Just, <laughs> no, yeah, but he could fine. he still needs points, you know. No, he doesn't. Well he's not doing a very good job of it, is he? No, <laughs> no exactly. exactly. You do a lot better with Bottas than you uh, with Russell than you would with Bottas. Well oh, that's what they've discovered from this. Oh no, but that wasn't a surprise to anyone, apart from me, because I said he was going to get beaten. But and he and did. Me. He was ninth, and Bottas was eighth, <laughs> so I was right. That's what they want you to think. It's lovely to hear from your mum. Is that a bit patronising, there, Phil? Ooh, no, no. I'm glad she's, I'm glad she's would, watching TV. I would never be patronising. Um, good. Well, I'm. You know, I'm sure if she's got any more conspiracy theories about upcoming races, then she will let us know. I'm all all ears. Can you ask her about Michael Schumacher? <laughs> <laughs> oh god don't get us started on that yeah uh, also what caused what caused the Grosjean fireball I'd like to know about that oh interesting okay and um, what's Nikita oh. Mazepan up to today yes. actually when I was when I rung her to record that earlier she said I can't speak for half an hour I'm doing the marzipan on the Christmas cake <laughs> Ooh. bit weird hang on is it her in the video what <laughs> oh, wouldn't, no. wouldn't, wouldn't want to eat that cake Anyway, amid all the praise for George Russell, we should spare a thought for Valtteri Bottas. No, and that, fuck him. Well, that thought should be, what the fuck were you doing? Mark oh, Stokes sorry. said, <laughs> GR had big shoes to fill, not big enough, evidently, and did so very well. Valtteri was shown up by George this weekend, embarrassing performance from someone with far more experience. Paul Hinton said anyone can win a title in a Mercedes, except Bottas, who basically got humiliated by the work experience boy. Will Bowen says, so George got his size six into a size four Merc with two days notice and battered Bottas good and proper. Did Toto prioritise the wrong driver to sign a new contract? Right. Can right. someone explain the shoe thing? Yes. George Russell is a very tall man. Uh, Hamilton and Bottas are not very tall. He doesn't look it man. though, does he? He's six foot he, two. He doesn't. He's a big no, lad. He, he looks, looks six two. But well, he's not. He's, he's a not young that skinny. Baby face. He is. He's very young. I'm six what foot two. Is... Oh, there you go. You could right. be George Russell. But I've only Get got a size beard. nine feet. What's he got? Yeah, he's got elevens. <gasps> so apparently, there literally was not. Not yes. He's got big shoes, and this was a problem. 
because the the area of F1 cars... They don't call it a cockpit for nothing. They don't. Terry, <laughs> having serious discussion here. So, <laughs> so basically, the space by the pedals where your feet would go, with uh, with Bottas and, and Hamilton and their <laughs> and their and their dainty little uh, and their dainty little dancers' feet, pixie feet, not a problem exactly. But the clown feet of George Russell struggled to fit in, so he had to wear shoes that were too small for him, because uh, otherwise he wouldn't have been able to hit the accelerator or the brake, which are quite useful in driving Formula One cars. No, I still don't oh. understand though. So why couldn't he just wear normal size shoes? Because they'd be because too big. Because it's not the it's not the shoes. There's not he hasn't got Mercedes Mercedes Mercedes, Mercedes shoes. It's the it's the size of the area to put his feet. Yeah, in. his he couldn't fit like there. There's so little tolerance in there that he couldn't fit his size 11s in without them catching on stuff. So you, you obviously need quite fine control of the pedals as a Formula One driver. So he squeezed his feet into slightly smaller shoes that would fit in. I still don't understand. Okay, because I was thinking they just didn't have the right size shoes. No, no, they had them, but they, w- but they wouldn't fit in the space where the pedals are. Because I was imagining in the back room of the motorhome and being like, when you go 10-pin bowling, there's just like all these shoes. <laughs> no, Stoffel Van Dorn's just there spraying the deodorant in, going, oh, one day I'll get my chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume that is actually the case, but no, it's literally the fact that the, the size 11s were a little bit too big and he had to wear slightly smaller shoes to stop them catching when he was putting his, putting his feet down. Fuck. Um, but he did very well. I think we'll probably talk more about that later. But Bottas, blimey. Mm. Not so much. What was it I said last week? I said something like, this race won't make Russell's career, but it could break it. Yeah. And what, what I meant to say, I think I misspoke. <laughs> I think I meant to say this race won't make could Bottas's make career, but it could break it. <laughs> it was lose-lose for Bottas, really, wasn't it? And boy, did he lose. Yeah, I mean, I have to confess, I didn't think Russell would be anywhere near as good as he actually turned out to be. I thought he'd be reasonable, but I didn't think he'd be as quick as Valtteri. And he wasn't in qualifying, therefore I'm right. And he finished behind him in the race, therefore I'm right. But yeah. in a lot of other areas, <laughs> he was considerably better than him. And yeah, this it doesn't look at all good for Bottas. And, and I think Russell has staked a very serious claim to um, to his seat for, for 2022, if not sooner, but actually I think next year... Mm. I think they're going to get rid of. They're going to. They're going to put Bottas back to Williams. I, well, it would, would be quite would funny Bottas if he did go, go back. back to Williams. No, of course he would. You reckon? No, What's his other option going to be? Retirement. What other team would want Bottas? Formula E. What other team would want Bottas? Yeah, maybe they'd kind of give him a sweetheart think, deal to be I've, like. I think no, Bottas I think, is good enough that quite a few other teams would take him. Mercedes have got a Formula E team now, haven't they? They might do a kind of. You know, saving face. You can be the face of Formula E. You can replace Van Dorn or whoever else is in Formula E. Who's the other Mercedes driver? I can't remember. No one. No one knows. Nobody <laughs> fucking watches it. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do. Probably only because they're paid to. <laughs> okay. So, of course, while Mercedes were providing soap opera levels of drama, Racing Point was smashing it, and not in a literal way. Sergio Perez scored his first win at the 190th time of asking, driving from last to first. That led to plenty of people querying why the heck he doesn't have a drive for next year. Rumour suggests Alex Albon will keep the second seat at Red Bull next year, despite being largely hopeless. Nick Peppel says, Album has to be done at this point. All of the big names being taken out of contention and he can't even make a podium. Checo deserves that seat. Red Bull Academy be damned. Adam Forward says, Albon is a nice guy, but that's not enough to keep his drive. Perez has shown he has championship potential and Albon has shown he doesn't. Hashtag Team Perez. And John Gardner says, have the Horners officially adopted Alex Albon? Can there be any other reason that he hasn't been sent back to whatever Minardi are calling themselves these days? Right, I for, don't think. For, for, right, sorry. Are we, about, are we both about shown, to address the same? Yes. No, he, he has not shown his championship potential. He's shown no. that he can drive on one set of tyres so long that he flukes into a fucking race. He didn't win that race that fucking... Oh, he drove from last to first because, yeah, he just went... If if they said you don't have to change the tires in the race, he'd win all the fucking time. He's that's he basically cheated by changing tires on the first lap. <laughs> I mean Not that's a bit it. strong. It's a bit stronger than I was going to go, but the fact that he's won one race out of 
190 attempts suggests that maybe he's not championship potential. And I don't for a second think that if he did get the Red Bull seat that he would give Max Verstappen really many problems at all. But I do think that he'd do a lot better than Albon and he'd get, you know, he'd get the positions just behind um, Verstappen. In much in the same way that Bottas largely does with uh, with Hamilton. I think he'd be a very good Red Bull Bottas. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen for some reason, which I can't quite fathom. Like, surely they can't be that wedded to the Red Bull Academy that they want to keep their young drivers. I mean, they've had one success from it, I which is think... Vettel. And was he even Red Bull Academy? Yeah, I mean, Not probably really. was. Not really. The number of drivers that have just been rejected by Red Bull and gone to Formula E. I think that Albon is staying in the seat because he knows the secrets that they are, they the, they put like one less engine in his car or something. Max Verstappen gets all the pretty bits, all the nice bits, all the engineers, even engineers on Albon's side of the garage are working on Verstappen's car. He's got to turn up with his mum and do everything. And I mean everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a weird one. I mean... Album was shit. Perez, fair play to him, you know, took advantage of the situation. It's nice to see him get a win. Is it? You know. Yeah, fine. I just don't like you him. You know, it's why 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 don't you like him? Because he always w- go, does well with this fucking I'm not gonna have a pit stop malarkey. It's well, he's never a won a race before. Race. There's not a reason the, to hate somebody. And he came Perry. from the back of the grid. He got taken out of the first, second, third corner, whatever it was. Yeah, but doesn't in which case, that was an amazing whole, drive. It makes a mockery of the whole fucking sport. If all you got to no. do is go, I'm not going to go to the fucking pits again. I'm going to fucking win a fucking race. The whole sport makes a mockery of the sport. That's not a reason to hate it, except that's why we hate it. But everyone says if anyone gets in Lewis Hamilton's car, they'll win a race. But now it feels like all you got to do is not have a fucking pit stop and you win a race. Well, I mean, Bottas had a pit stop uh, and his tyres still went off. So what does that say? Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I know that I'm sounding like it's, the Lewis it's, Hamilton. It's, I, it's, I racist, sound, it's racism, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm sounding racist because I'm, I'm sounding like I'm going, I can't picture why I don't like him. I just don't like yeah, him. Yeah. It's just because he's Mexican, isn't it? I don't think it is because he's Mexican. I think I don't, I don't think I've got a problem with Mexicans. I've been well, to Mexico. I've got some lovely... He's got some Mexican friends. <laughs> Some lovely <laughs> memories, I was going to say. Uh, I mean, right, I, I build like that, a, build that wall. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I, I, I think he's ever since he's started doing one in Formula One, he's bored me. That's the problem. Did you like him when him he was decided the average? Yeah, he was a midfielder of no note. Had a stint in McLaren that went wrong, and he was forgettable. And then he became this kind of. Boring. We joke about it so much. He's always winning. He's always doing well yeah. because he's just there. Because he hasn't changed. His so he should know his place. Bit. Is what you're saying? Oh fuck! Off. He should shouldn't try and rise above his station. <laughs> he should stay. I'm very happy for him that he won a race. But let's not pretend this means that he's going to be a future fucking superstar. Why no, hasn't he got I mean, a seat? I mean, when we say future superstar, I mean he he currently doesn't have a seat. So yeah, exactly. And clear, you know, I personally think he'd do it'd be quite interesting to see him at red bull and he'd do quite well but mm. you know i'm not gonna cry about it so away from the bahrain race sort of we've got a new whipping boy roman grosjean won our sympathy by bowing out of f1 in a literal fireball and his mantle has been taken over by his replacement nikita marzipan we thought he was a bellend before and this week he confirmed it by firstly driving like a bellend in the F2 finale and getting loads of penalties and then posting what was basically footage of sexual assault on his Instagram page. Haas were forced to release a strong statement calling it abhorrent but as Marzipan's dad is very rich and will probably buy the team at some point we don't expect anything else to happen. Tristan Clayton says apparently you can tell a lot about someone by the things they do and the things they say. <laughs> yes, Tristan, what I agree entirely. Oh, fucking hell. What it's a been a while since we've had an absolute just utter <laughs> in, uh, in Formula One. And he's not even in yet, and he's already staking his claim. I know, this is annoying me because, I, you know, for years I've advocated having a bit of a, a shit in Formula One, you know, people that fight and all the rest of it. But then we get one along that's happy to have a fight, and I should be happy, but I realise, of course, that 
to be the kind of person that happily fights people after races means you're probably not a very nice person in other walks of life as well. And um, mm. yeah, he seems like a right. Yeah, who'd have thought that the uh, the billionaire son of an oligarch um, would turn out to be a bit of a tool? It's a bit of a shame. But uh, well, let's see if he can deal yeah. with my biting wit next year. <laughs> it was um, actually posted on I the... I think his the, uh, resignation, they can expect his resignation letter tomorrow morning. That'd yeah. be nice. We do have that kind of influence. Mm. I actually posted on our Twitter feed when this was all kicking off today to, to try and think if there was anyone in F1 history that was a, had been a bigger scumbag than, oh, uh, Murray than Walker. Mazepan. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> suggested Rubens Barrichello and I was like, really? I think it was, I think it was satirical, but I was like, he seems like the nicest guy ever. But um, short of uh, Gary Brabham, who is a convicted paedophile and currently in jail, um, I can't. Uh, it was difficult to top him, to be honest. Maybe he's just misunderstood. <laughs> Maybe he is. Well, we'll find Gary out Brabham. if he stays at Haas. I don't think Gary Brabham was misunderstood. <laughs> in other news, after this weekend's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix will be the annual Young Driver Test, where we will get a first glimpse of some of the whippersnappers that could be the stars of tomorrow. There are a few to keep an eye on this year, including Fernando Alonso, Robert Kubica and Sebastian Buemi, but not Carlos Sainz. Who are these hip young gunslingers? This is all stupid, isn't it? You hear about Why this? the fuck did they call it the young driver's test? Because you know, <laughs> know this is going to happen at some point. You might as well call um, it the African-American women test of Formula One. This week it's <laughs> Fernando Alonso and Nigel Mansell fucking driving. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit stupid, isn't it? It's, it's basically, as far as I can tell, the FIA have gone, oh, no, it's, it's, it's for drivers to, that might be coming back to F1 to maybe get used to F1 or to test the cars if they don't, if they, something about the car. But if they're in F1 this year, they can't do it. So no science. But apparently Kubica and Bawemi are fine. And I don't even know why they're there. Why are they there? I don't know. Alonso, so Alonso is obviously driving next year for Renault slash Alpine. So that's why he's there. I don't really know why Kubica and Bawemi are there. So what happens usually? What in, in the usual, well, usually annual of, young driver test. It's, it's basically a chance for a load of F2 drivers and possibly the occasional F3 driver if they've got lots of money to come and drive some F1 cars, probably having paid the teams quite a lot of money to do it with the idea that maybe there'll be an F1 in the future. And this, you know, gives them a chance to do some proper mileage in an F1 car because you can't mm. actually do that much testing now in F1, unlike years gone by. But yeah, and, and you know, there are a few... There are a few up-and-comers also doing the the test um, for but, various teams, but yeah, also these. But then, how did how did these how did these guys get on this year? I'm really not sure. This is a very good question because yeah, Alonso came in the car and he was like, uh, I, "I've got to drive." Uh, sorry, he's so phrasing. excited to be back. Come <laughs> on, um, and he <laughs> he's get he's getting to drive. This oh, have you seen his Kimura face? <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to. Um, he's getting to drive this year's car just to sort of get him used to the you know the latest cars because it's been a couple of years since he's been in one. Um, and okay, from a safety point of view, maybe. But he's fucking Fernando Alonso. I'm sure he'll get used to it at pre-season testing. Kubica and Buemi, I'm not even sure why they're there. Unless Buemi's the, being lined up to take Albon's seat, which would be fucking brilliant. But the thing is, it's like... I don't mind any of these guys testing the car, but the fact is they officially call the test the young driver test. That's the thing. Actually, do they do they call it that? Is I'm that the official sure name? Do. I'm not sure. I'm I know it's always known as that, but I don't know if it's actually official. I'm pretty sure it's the would, FIA young driver test. Would they be taking seats off potential young drivers? Yeah, then? probably. Yeah. I would have thought so. Because they've got... I mean, um, who have they got? Oh, who else? I can't even remember who else is doing it. Is... Um, Yuki Tsunoda's doing it for Red Bull, I think, who's the F2 up-and-comer, because I think he's probably taking Kvyat's seat next year. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but it seems pretty likely. I mean, Alonso's nearly as old as we are. He's 39. Yeah, I mean, okay, so he's still quite young, but he's older than the rest of them. And finally... Will Lewis Hamilton be back at Mercedes for the final race of the season? Or will George Russell have time to extract a terrible revenge? Dunno, but it'll probably have been sorted by the time you hear this. So, yes, Hamilton is back. Fuck off back to Williams, Russell, you loser. Or, come on, George, show Valtteri who wears the big boy trousers now. Producer Matt, can you edit that accordingly? Uh, yeah, uh, 
difficult to know what to say about this. I don't know if he's going to be back or not. It, from what I understand of the rules, the COVID rules for getting into Abu Dhabi, it's really difficult to get into Abu Dhabi if you've had the COVID, especially recently. Like they're not even, even if you're letting, Lewis Hamilton. I think even if you're Lewis Hamilton, like Abu Dhabi, having lived in the UAE for a while. Abu Dhabi is one of the Emirates that doesn't fuck about. Like Dubai is quite sort of like, hey, cool, yeah, we love everything. Abu Dhabi's a bit more bit more austere and conservative. And they've apparently shut the road between Abu Dhabi and Dubai to stop people coming down from Dubai to COVID them up. So I don't know. On the other hand, they do like money. So let's wait and see. I quite like I quite like Russell to have another crack at it in the Mercedes. See how he gets on. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, well, you owe us a beer. So thank you to all of those that have done so since the last episode. They are David Griffiths, who says, assuming that COVID-19 vaccine solves all our social distancing problems next year, what are the chances of you lot doing another live show? I never got the chance to snog Terry last time. Had the uh, chance, you just was... didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> David Sire, who says, unfun fact, last week you thanked Martin Whitmarsh for my donation. My brother's friend used to be his gardener. What are the chances? How can you thank someone else for his donation? Well, do you not remember last episode he wrote in to say uh, that he donated before? So this must be like the third time he donated just to send us a message. Thank you, David. He said, you've got our name right. Uh, you've got oh, my yes. name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Terry, in uh, in a very humorous fashion, said, thanks, Martin Whitmarsh, or something along those lines. And we riffed on that. And it was very, very funny. James Logan. Thank you, James. Good surname. Like Wolverine. No, Wolverine's surname is Vereen. <laughs> Alan Dollars. Or even Aaron. The only thing I've got is is the Washington Airport, which is Dulles Airport. I'm going to have to find out what the Washington Airport was named after to find out, to find something else to riff on that. Oh, it's in the district of Dulles. Oh, that's not that exciting. Oh. Kevin Rhodes. Uh, we've done we've done the all roads lead to Kevin. Gary Rhodes. Rhodes. Gary, oh, he died. Maybe he's related sad. to Gary Rhodes. That'd be sad, oh, wouldn't it? Imagine that. Shot, then. Jonathan yeah. Bent, fucking hell. Jonathan <laughs> Bentley. Jonathan fucking hell. That's a hell of a name. <laughs> fucking hell, Jonathan Rhodes, Bentley. Rhodes Airport is called Diagoras International Airport. There you go. Jonathan Bentley, is this what your entire life is like? Someone says your name and the person is still riffing on the name before. <laughs> Jonathan, in- thank you for the beer. Bentley, Jonathan, you I mean, introduced a- to someone at a wedding and someone's like, oh, I'm talking about you, but I'm still thinking about the guy I just met. Yeah, excuse me a minute. I'm just going to go and talk to you again. What? Well, it depends who's more here. You know, if he's, uh, is there a Bentley airport? I don't think there is. His name, bet- you know, there's a, there's a car company, so that's something. I bet Bentley, Bentley okay. airport. Bentley Airport. Is there, oh, there, is a, there is a Bentley Airport. There's the Fabio Alberti Leon Bentley Airport in the Valpez Department of Colombia. So thank okay. you very much, all airport-related people, for sending us money and beer. Great, thank you. If you know anyone that's been to an airport... Yeah, or if you're an airport. <laughs> Callum Young. Young Airport uh, serves the town of Young in New South Wales, Australia. So... Thanks very much, Callum. Cormac O'Brien. There must be an O'Brien airport. Right? No, I don't want to play this game. Galloway. Oh, there's O'Brien O'Brien Air Park. Oh, no. It's, no, it's a private a private jet airport in Florida. That is so Cormac. There you go. Thank you very much, Cormac. That sounds lovely. We'd, we'd love to come and visit you there. Winfield Williams. Wait a That's second. not a name. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mysterious Stranger. And to Paul Hewings and Donald Griffin for just being great and supporting us every month. That, you sounds, can join like them. A lot, that sounds like a lot less people than it was last week supporting monthly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, fewer, okay. but yeah. Thank you. Uh, Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off with your less and fewer. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Classic Terry. Terence. So you can join. You can. <laughs> you can join them all by going to ff1s dot com forward slash pint 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 right here come the teams but not too close they know the rules racing point Perez at one point was last and obviously he was in first but most importantly he is the first Mexican in 50 years to win a Grand Prix 
Stroll claimed that he could have won the race if it weren't for just a few errors. Could he? Oh, Stroll. Did you see the interviews afterwards? Because he was... I don't know. It was so odd because he just kept saying, oh, I think I could have won. I think I could have won. Which, you know, when you're third is an understandable thing to think. But every interviewer had to say, have you got any words for Sergio? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Congrats, whatever. (laughs) It was just a bit weird. It was just like, ooh, you saw the rich boy competitive streak coming out then. I mean, if you could, I suppose, if he hadn't made the mistakes that he made, including one where he let let Perez go past him, then maybe... If he'd have won won the race, he could have won the race. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If it hadn't been for the bits when he didn't win... Uh, he could have won, <laughs> but he didn't because he's not good enough. So you know, well done to him for getting a podium. But um, you know, Perez did better, and you know, fair play to him. He, you know, not without a little bit of luck, like quite a few better drivers not being there or crashing out, or having terrible team fuck ups and then a puncture. Um, but you know, I'm happy for him. But it's a little bit lucky. Let's mm. be honest. Oh, now you changed your tune. You were his biggest fan yeah. earlier. You I said mean, he was you know. championship potential. <laughs> did, did I? Is that what I said? I Definitely. <laughs> Mercedes. Russell. The tragic race, they'll make a tragic film about one day. Despite Bottas having been at Mercedes for three seasons and this being his chance to show himself, nobody paid any attention to him when he didn't. Did you see that Mercedes were fined €20,000 for the tyre cock-up? Fair enough. It was an almighty cock-up. Mm. Um, why, why, why did they get fined, though, if you think about it? like Because you're not allowed to do You're not allowed to put somebody else's tyres on the I know, car. but they're the only ones that... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm taking a step back here, but they're the only ones that suffer from this. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and they suffer even more by having 20000 You can't just let them put any old tyres on any old car. They've got to be made mm. an example of. FIA need the money and this is their little ruse. They have officials in the teams and they just go put those tyres out there, then we can have a yeah, good you know, they're not it's not like they're all swimming in cash at the FIA. You so know, Terry, you in saying- their golden palace on the Place de la Concorde. Um <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they fu- Mercedes fucked up, let's be honest. Russell unless, was brilliant. Unless you're- Bottas was less brilliant, but Mercedes fucked this up. Okay. They probably would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that pesky p- puncture. Because I think Russell was still going to win because he was catching Perez pretty quickly. So let's step back also on this thing. So Russell was doing very well. He got in the lead. He he was winning the race, blah, blah, blah. There was a safety car, which was what? That was because of his Williams crashing. Yes. And then, so Mercedes did the thing of going, if there's a safety car, we pit regardless because it's a free pit stop. Even though actually they didn't have to pit and they would have probably made it to the end of the time. Well, you say that, but Bottas, Bottas ended up on the same tyres and they didn't work that well and he went slightly backwards. But yes, in theory, it was a free pit stop and they were like, oh, great, we're miles ahead, we'll pit. I mean, and it is a weird fuck up from a team that are so slick as well. Well, they brought out from, the wrong tyres. Well, from what um, Toto said, basically there was a they would put radio calls out to the two teams, to Russell's team and to Bottas's team, saying, right, they're coming in, we're double stacking them, make sure you have the tyres ready. But for whatever reason, one of the radios didn't work. So they had one set of tyres out, which for Bottas, because uh, Bottas's team had brought them out, and then Russell came in, and they just thought, oh, here comes a car, we'll put the wheels on, send him out. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, fuck, there's another car, we don't have any tyres for him because they hadn't had the message. And then they realised that they put Bottas' tyres on Russell's car. Oh, I bet I know what later. happened. I bet I know what fucking happened. I noticed during qualifying on one of the practices that on the tyre warmers, they had a bit of tape where it said, like, LH tyres. Yes. GR tyres. Yeah. So I bet somebody's job was to go around changing the words Lewis Hamilton to George Russell everywhere. And I bet they changed it on a button or in a computer program or something that meant the radios didn't work. I bet yeah, that's probably, what it was. Probably Lewis Hamilton in his hotel room <laughs> suddenly <laughs> had a little call that he thought was room service and it turned out to be the, the pit wall <laughs> going, <laughs> tires! It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <He's> like, what? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, you know, from what like, Toto said, this this was like some sort of bug with the system where like, yeah. if, if somebody was talking and somebody else mm. tried to talk at the same time, it would cancel one of them out. 
and they said this could have happened at any time in various different races, but it just Sol's Law, it happened now. Sorry. No, I bet I'm right. Whoops. I bet someone changed the name. Because, you know, on the first game where you could have like a man, on the first Formula One game where you could have like a, like the management, you know, the career mode, and in the settings you change your name, but when you want to race, the graphics still showed the real driver's name on the actual animation. Really? I think that's what's happened here. <laughs> it was all an animation, is what you're saying. Yeah. George Russell's okay. career mode has a bug. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Russell got some points for the first time, finally. Because at one point, I was convinced it's like, ah, uh, fucking Aitken is going to get his points and he's going to finish out the points. Or, I mean, they, they were talking after the race that they were going to have to do, like, an investigation from the FIA. It was gone to the oh, stewards yeah. about their pit stop. So there was a chance they, they were going to take his points away. <laughs> Which would have been... Uh, Mm. I think it says a lot for him though that he was really fucking gutted like this was his best ever result in Formula 1 but he was like yeah. shit I could have won that yeah he was just properly impressive he was when, but, brilliant okay I've got a question I've got a question slow punctures yeah will they always run out of air yeah as opposed to healing themselves <laughs> they suck it I in. just or uh, yeah <laughs> I just don't like just get this bigger modern. And bigger. Yeah. I don't like this modern Formula One thing where they they sense a problem, and then they react to a problem before the problem's happened. Well, no, the problem has happened. There's a puncture in the tire, and yeah, the tire pressure's going. No, 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 no. But they're only seeing it from computers. I bet, I bet, if you did some analysis back in the old days in the sixties and seventies, there are tons of drivers who finish races on slow punctures, but they just drove because they didn't know they had a slow puncture. I mean, if they're halfway decent, they'll realise pretty quickly because you'll be able to feel that one tyre is not doing what it's supposed to do. But how um, slow are we talking with a slow puncture? This is what I don't I mean, it's, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, I don't know without hearing a full debrief from Mercedes whether it was like you've got one lap okay. or you've got three laps. I don't know. But I've, I mean, I've had them in my road car and modern road cars now have tyre pressure monitoring sensors. So they'll let you know in the same way. It's like the pressure is lower than it was. Even if you can't feel it, you should probably get this sorted out. Yeah, but what colour is it? What colour is what? The car. <laughs> Silver? Red okay. Bull! Verstappen had a trackside tantrum after crashing out on lap one. This was Albon's chance to prove himself. Right, so let's Verstappen. talk through about what happened on lap one. Yeah. So uh, Verstappen crashed without crashing into anybody. <laughs> yes. He, he actually played it completely smart in the, that impending accident and managed to avoid the accident and it still ended up crashing. <laughs> yeah. So basically everyone... Because Bottas had made a fuck a shit start and then he'd made a fuck up coming out the first little mm, oh, turn two. Oh, everyone's got it for, for Bottas, haven't they? And rightly so. So basically it was him, uh, Perez and Verstappen were three abreast coming into the corner with Leclerc just behind them. And Verstappen... Ooh, Ooh. that looks good. Good, good on a on an audio podcast. Sorry, <laughs> Verstappen basically realised that like shit, something's going to happen here. So he braked early, backed out of it. So it was just Perez and and Bottas sort of side by side going into turn three, four. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Whatever that at the end of, <laughs> at the end of the straight, whatever that 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 turn is. Um, but then Leclerc thought, I'm going to fucking banzai it up the inside. Did fucked up, crashed into Perez. Verstappen took avoiding action, but basically got off the racing line, went onto the slippery bit, and started going out wide. And then, for some reason that he's probably kicking himself for, gave it some gas, which basically just propelled him into the wall um, and made him look a little bit silly. Well, I think it was because the gravel was black. It's racist? Mm. No, colour. The gravel was kind of dark grey black. And it looked, even on the replays, it looked like tarmac until he bedded into it. So I reckon he thought it was tarmac. I mean, you'd have right. thought that they'd have checked that out before the start, but and well, you know where the track ended and where the gravel started, <laughs> but you know. Not if the gravel's the wrong colour. Okay. I mean, that's one That's one theory. I'm sure Chica's mum has another theory, but we will, <laughs> we will find out. We won't find Did out. Did you hear... His interview afterwards, he he was there going, I don't know why they're being so aggressive into the first corner. And I'm like, excuse me, who's talking here? <laughs> Am I talking yeah. to Max Verstappen? M-A-X-V-E-R-S-T-A-P-P-E. I think, I think we once labelled crash, 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 crash. 
That's the problem with watching Formula like, One for so long. You just see these drivers mature. It gets really fucking boring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Albon. Oh, why? I mean, great overtake. He did, he did one great overtake I around the outside really... of Norris was amazing, <laughs> and I was like, "Shit, yeah, that's brilliant." But then the rest of the time, crap. Aww. Sixth in a race where like most people didn't finish, but he yeah. qualified really badly as well, didn't he? Yes, he didn't get into Q three. I love the way that you started that saying, like you were about to defend him, <laughs> but no, you were just like, "Oh, also he was shit here. <laughs> he was also shit all weekend." <laughs> yeah, no, he was. And he only just got into Q2. Like he was like 15th or something in Q1. So he what nearly went out in Q1. I'm sick <laughs> I mean, of him. He, I, 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 I think he seems like a really nice chap, but he's just not, not very care. good at driving F1 I cars. don't care. Do you care? Perez looks like a nice chap. Don't give a shit. That doesn't mean I <laughs> appreciate him any less. Okay, bad example. I feel a lot better about Grosjean since he you know, nearly died in a fireball because he seems like a nice chap. Now Should we talk anyway. about his? Oh no, we talk about Grosjean. When we talk about Grosjean, carry on. Yes. Well, when are we going to talk about Grosjean? He didn't race. Well, in, well when we get to Haas. All right, yeah. fine. McLaren. Norris gained nine places on the first lap, but then the show stopped there, and he sat in tenth for the whole race. If it wasn't for the safety car, could Sainz have got a podium? I don't think so, because they were all back together at the end, weren't they? And he couldn't he get got, past Stroll. Hang on, was it this race or last week that Sainz got dicked by the safety car? I think it's every race. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> it's like Perez's tyres. Yeah. Um, actually, no, it was it was the previous race, wasn't it? Oh, I, can't I can't remember. Anyway, There's been too the many point, races. They're all in the same did, fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, when when there were like five laps left or whatever it was and everybody they basically just lined everyone up behind the safety car and set them off again like it was some sort of NASCAR thing uh, and Science was behind Stroll and couldn't get past him so no he couldn't okay the end Norris did quite well because he started yeah. 19th did he have a shit he had a mechanical problem or something in qualifying didn't he I can't remember now yeah but he started right from the back and you know fine got a point great yeah but and doesn't that take McLaren up to Third in the championship, he says, having not checked it. No, because Force India just got to a double podium. Oh, yes. So, in, in actual fact, the exact opposite of what I just said, that it probably takes them down. Or they stay where they were. I believe there's ten points in it. Sure. That sounds about right. So, well done to McLaren, but also, oh no, it's not great for McLaren. Ferrari! Leclerc's race ended after his turn four embrace with Verstappen. He has a three-place grid drop for the next race. How do you think Leclerc shows anger? But he hits his gardener. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's all sorts of references pulled together there. <laughs> um, I think he angrily plays video games online. Do you think? Yeah, it just twitches furiously. I feel like he plays an instrument. Angrily. Oh, I mean, like a clarinet. He's a fucking clarinet <laughs> player, ever I saw one. <laughs> wow, just absolutely furious improvisation glass, uh, jazz clarinets. That's quite hard to say. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliant. On the balcony of his apartment in Monaco, just out mm. towards the sea. And the neighbours are like, yeah. be careful, he's got his clarinet out. In a Ferrari shirt, but no trousers. <laughs> or oh, they'll be there going, yeah. oh, did you see the race today? Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably go and stay away for the weekend. <laughs> Charlie's going to be on his clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Wouldn't um, mind, but he's had a really shit year, but he just he hasn't got any better. <laughs> well, uh, see, on Saturday, the clerk was amazing. Like that lap. I made it the clarinet, Phil. Oh, I see, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, all sorts of read problems, like just the quality has not been there this year. The His qualifying was really good because he started in a position that was good I can't remember where he started but it, it was good he had that lap where he's like well that was a lap I'm not even going to bother doing another one and he just got out of the car at the end of Q3 and was like yeah I'm done I'm not doing another one it ain't going to get any better than that that an engineer then... hands him a clarinet and he goes I need it right now <laughs> <laughs> there's a t-shirt in this somewhere um, but then in the race what, what got me in the race is that Crofty and Brundle were like oh that was Perez's fault and I was sitting there going, no, it fucking wasn't. The clerk just steamed up the inside, locked up and slammed into the side of him. And sure enough, the uh, stewards agreed with me because the stewards are always right. Well done. 
Renault. Are we going to talk about Vettel? Nah. What did he do again? We can. I I couldn't remember anything he did or... So when I wrote this, I just dismissed him. Renault. I'm going to sing this. Two sets of points, one podium and fifth in the constructor standings. That was good. Thank you. That was a thing. Ocon. Did you cry? Did he cry? Probably. He he was a bit teary. Um, yeah, he probably heard that song. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how he came second, but good on him. Yeah, I think he had a pretty good race. He was. I think he was another one of like, this shows everyone that I am a good driver. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, you did all right in this race, but you've been way behind Ricardo for the rest of the season. It was. It was almost a little bit to, you know, to to whom it may concern. <laughs> Fuck you. The oh, Bottas God, I forgot that's why I did that. He's going to regret that at the end of year party, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To whom it may concern. Nope, sorry, you were right. <laughs> what about Ricardo? Not a great one for Ricardo. I mean, fifth mm. is all right, but again, loads of people didn't finish. So it's probably sort of net ninth or eighth. Mm. So, yeah, didn't seem to string it together. Probably. I think maybe you got outstrategied by uh, Ocon. But... um. Meh. Alpha Tauri. Kvia. It's like when you've been on dates with someone, not fancy them that much, and then when you decide to tell them that we should just be friends, they look really hot. Is that a thing? I mean, I wouldn't use that as a speech on your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially not about Danny Kvia. Just weird. He's going to be there. <laughs> he's got nothing else to do next year. He's my plus, he's my plus one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm just invited myself to your wedding. That's every week. It's fine. That's the with, only way I'm, with only way I'm getting people there. <laughs> and assume that you're having a plus one. <laughs> well, I've joked twice about if I was having a wedding, but then Chica's never gone, no, no, you're coming. So <laughs> I just, just like to say. keep you in suspense. Yeah, That's hasn't. the only way I can keep you on this podcast. It's <laughs> yeah. because I know that you just want an invite. <laughs> yeah. They already got married. Um, <laughs> Kviat, yeah, Kviat did add a really good weekend. Uh, too, you know, too late. We'll never hear from him again after next year, because um, well, actually, having said that, if Marzi, if Haas grow some balls and kick Marzi Pan out, which they won't, but if they do, maybe they're like, oh, we still need a Russian in F one. Maybe maybe strings will be pulled and he'll be back in again, but he won't. If that happens, Grosjean will turn up with like a big Russian hat. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Russian accent? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, Gasly uh, Gasly was there Didn't have a good one to Gasly Race winner, Pierre Gasly Didn't have a particularly good race Can we just stop for a moment though and just say This year, Perez and Gasly have won races That's weird, isn't it? Mm. Am I right in thinking That More drivers have been on the podium This year Than drivers that haven't been on the podium this year if you In Formula grid, 1 or just in, in general? The t- in the twenty strong, the twenty strong grid of twenty drivers, I think more of well, them have had a podium this year than than there are drivers that haven't been on the podium this year. Well, you say that, but there's been twenty three drivers this year, haven't there? So, oh, that's a good point. I still, think, I still think. Oh, and I'd have to do some maths now. I think that's yeah. right. Okay, no, I like it. There's been a good. lot of people on the podium this year. There's been some unusual races. Mm. Okay, it's been complete domination from Hamilton from start to finish, but all the other Not. stuff's been quite good. Cool. Okay, Alfa Romeo. Nothing really went wrong, but nothing really went went right, and that could be the strap line for Alfa Romeo twenty twenty. When I drive, I take my time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it seemed to be a weird brand to advertise constantly during the Formula One weekend. Is the brand <laughs> of the car that's not doing very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also advertising them as the fact that yeah, we don't like to drive fast. When I drive, <laughs> I spin on the opening lap. <laughs> Um, Except he did get quite close to the Grosjean wall. Well, there was a there was a moment where I because yes. I thought it was I thought it was a Haas when it first because they got a slightly similar yeah. colour scheme and I thought it was spinning out. I was like, oh fuck, not again! Especially with all the smoke, I was like, oh, what's happened? They should call um, it the Grosjean. That should be called the Grosjean wall from now on. Yeah, yeah they got the wall of champions in Canada. Yeah, the wall of the wall of Grosjean. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of the corners at Bahrain have names, do they? So, name a bit of a straight. They've got the Hangar Straight at Silverstone, the Grosjean Straight. 
Brilliant. Um, Giovinazzi was also there. He was the second of the shit cars after Vettel. So oh, that's really? that's a thing. He actually drove all right, Giovinazzi. Yeah. Williams! Aitken has a future in Williams. In his first race with them, he spun, ripped off the front wing and brought out the safety car, ruining the race for the guy that lent him his car and then ruined it again by puncturing his tyre. And Latifi had a leaky. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it sound like he pissed himself. Maybe (laughs) he did. I don't know. I think it was just an oil leak, but you never know. Um, Aitken. What do you reckon What did you think? What did you think? Well, he is really nice in interviews. I liked him. Okay. That's what you... I thought you said you didn't care about driver's personalities. Uh, Of course Only when they're British. Oh, Oh, shit, did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As long as they're not Mexican. (laughs) <laughs> no, someone, um, there was an interview with him and someone said have you got any of you know what are you planning on the weekend what are you trying to do and he went I just don't want to swear on telly and I'm like I like this kid <laughs> he is quite funny actually he's, he's good on Twitter he gets involved in Twitter and on quite a lot of stuff and he's quite knowledgeable I think Does he'll he? be a really good pundit I think him. he'll be another Jolie and Palmer later on okay. in his career that's great after his first race he'll be a really good pundit <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> in this race he was about as good as I thought he was in that He's fine. He's a decent driver. I don't think he's particularly brilliant, but I don't think he's shit. Um, he did a solid job. He was, you know, on Saturday he nearly outqualified Latifi, which would have been pretty impressive. But then Latifi's not that great. Um, he did fine apart from the spin and you know, causing the safety car that ruined Russell's race and then leaving debris on the track that punctured Russell's tire and ruined his race again. But other than that. I thought he did well. He seems like a nice chap. I hope he had a nice time. <laughs> I hope so he gets I just a chance decided again, to uh, uh, in Abu Dhabi. I just decided to follow him on Twitter, but instead I've ended up following Jack Aitken's fans, which is a Korean-run <laughs> fan account. Right. Well, he's he's half Korean, I think, so that makes sense. He's probably got a big Korean contingent following him. Oh yeah, he's British Korean. Oh, we're already following yeah. him. Oh, I just unfollowed him. Oh, this has gone well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's his career in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, his profile says aiming for Formula One in 2020. Oh, he did it. He did it, mate. Yeah. Aiming for walls in 2020. Congrats. Aiming to okay. ruin George Russell's dreams in 2020. Haas. Have a Nagila. Fittipaldi became the fourth Fittipaldi to race in F1. He drove a Haas and came home in 17th. Not a dry eye in the Fittipaldi house. And Magnuson, anyone remember what he did? No, don't remember. Oh, what a way to end a Formula One career. Not even had a fireball, just, just slowly sucking your own balls until <laughs> go home. I want to talk about Roman Grosjean because he did that interview with Martin Brundle about his crash, which was very fucking good, actually. Wasn't it? But my, but my favourite bit was when he kind of went, Said someone on the lines of, can you remember everything that happened? And he went, I know it was only 28 seconds, but to me it felt like, and he thought he was going to say six months or an hour, and he goes, about a minute and a half. <laughs> 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 and like, Come on, mate. Learn how to, you just made a fucking fireball. Learn how to exaggerate a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like 39 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. it was It was a really good interview, actually. And uh, I, have to, I, I didn't particularly dislike... Roman Grosjean before I just thought he was a bit hapless but I did warm to him slightly after he nearly died you don't realise what you've got until you nearly lose them in an incompetent fireball Mm. Um, incompetent fireball? yeah he he was in a fireball because he drove in an incompetent fashion and somebody oh I thought you meant the fireball was incompetent because he didn't kill him (laughs) the fireball well you could argue that but I thought the fireball was very impressive very competent we'll try again (laughs) (laughs) must try harder um, so no, it was it was a good interview. Um, he speaks very eloquently. It's a shame he can't do the last race in Abu Dhabi, but a fitting be able end. To fit those gloves in the cockpit. I mean, I know he's. I know. <laughs> I know his hands have been seriously burned in a Formula One accident, mm. but oh. those bandages look a bit much, don't they? <laughs> wearing oven gloves. Yeah. No. <laughs> do they need to have that much bandage? All I'm asking. They've probably got, they've probably got salve and gauze in them or something. Okay, fine. fine. Yeah. But, you know, fair play to him. I hope he, he's now back home with his other half, and I hope they have a very nice life together. Should we talk about Pietro Fittipaldi? 
Yes, what did you think of him? He didn't crash and he didn't break his neck in the in the car through not being very fit, which I thought, frankly, was a win. Because I don't think he's raced a car in like a year or something. He's never raced a car. Is he not? It's his complete first time rookie. in a car. <laughs> complete rookie <laughs> off the street. Uh, you know, he was slow. Quite mm. slow. Um, but he, he did the whole race. Didn't crash. Did he come last? Didn't, didn't even spin. I think he did come last. He came yeah. last. Good. But he finished, which is more to finish last. First you have to finish. Um, and to be honest, that was better than I thought he'd manage. And he'll be doing it again at Abu Dhabi. So, you know, fair play to him. Do you think he could have a future seat? No. Mm. Okay. Not if there's any justice in the world, because he's not very good. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Well, it's not the standings this week. It's the sickness report of driver's excuses for not being at the race. So in first place, he's off with coronavirus. It's Lewis Hamilton. In second place, it's really should have chucked a sickie this week. It's Valtteri Bottas. Third place, got a bit of a headache, Max Verstappen. Fourth place, he's definitely taking next year off because he's hung over. It's Perez. Fifth place, stomach complaints have been fine since he stopped getting on the podium. It's Daniel Ricciardo. In sixth place, I think he really had to do a shit or something. It's Charlie Clerk. And in seventh place, his cousin took him on a stag do. It's Carlos Sainz. In eighth place, he can't race today because his mum's taking him for one last job. It's Alexander Albon. Ninth place, nothing but a cow pole won't fix. It's Lando Norris. And in tenth place, he's come down with a string of affluenza. It's Lance Stroll. A little bit of green envy is Pierre Gasly. And a mild case of the remember me's. It's Esteban Ocon. In thirteenth place, it's severe anxiety about how he's going to fuck up in the Aston Martin next year. It's Sebastian Vettel. Slowly fading away like Marty McFly in that photo. It's Daniel Kvyat in fourteenth place. And like hay fever, he only exists in the summer. It's Nico Hulkenberg in fifteenth. Just needs to lie down is Kimi Rogan in 16th. And a serious case of the not even theirs is Antonio Giovinazzi in 17th place. And in 18th place, there you go, George. I finally fucking mentioned you on the fucking standings. Was it worth it? George Russell with three points. Still sore from last week is Roman Grosjean with two points. And in last place is Kevin Magnussen with balls. (laughs) (laughs) And for the team standings, or the constructors, as we call it in our industry, I thought... Where what would these teams do this week if George Russell had subbed into their team? If George Russell had driven for their team, what would happen this week? So if Mercedes had got George Russell, he'd have finished eighth. If Red Bull had got George Russell, they'd have had him doing donuts in the next Balkan states because that's all Red Bull seemed to do. In third place, Daddy Stroll would be drawing up adoption papers. It's racing point. And in fourth place, with McLaren, they'd have had a natty Sky F1 feature where David Croft would be like, "I'm relevant." Alonso would have had him killed and he would have finished behind the Williams if he was in a Ferrari. If he got into the Alpha Tauri, he'd somehow get out of a Formula E car. And in eighth place, he wouldn't drive, but Kimi likes to have someone to go for a walk with because he gets lonely and likes to talk about the old days. And in ninth place in the house, he wouldn't get a great result, but also he wouldn't sexually harass someone. (laughs) (laughs) And now for the man of the match of driving. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Okay, so I found George Russell's Grand Prix absolutely heartbreaking, mainly because he was so bloody good. The man or woman on the street, not terribly informed about Formula 1, thinks that anyone can get into Lewis Hamilton's car and win. And this is a depressing viewpoint that not only takes away from the sheer mastery of Lewis Hamilton, but also oversimplifies the sport to a they-could-all-go-round-in-circles cliché. Therefore, with an incredibly unusual opportunity for Mercedes and F1 to show it's not all the car, they get to do a Christmas fairy tale movie of a poor kid driving one of the worst cars on the grid who now gets to drive the best. But he can't win, because it's not the car, is it? It would make Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton and F1 in general look better if Russell had managed fifth. I mean, anything above Albon would have been respectable. But instead, he tops practice and he's out-qualified by only a bit of a second and was comfortably in the lead of the race before a series of bizarre events. Now I know, and I know that you know, that he did well, not just because he was in the best car, but because he's actually an amazing driver. But try telling that to the man on the street, or woman, who now have their biases confirmed and somehow Lewis Hamilton has had a worse weekend when he's laid up in bed. But don't worry, I have a solution. This is the big problem with modern F1. The drivers are all too good. 
Give Russell a chance, and he won't do an erratic drive with touches of brilliance. He'll instead do a frankly slightly boring commanding lead because that's what he's good at. He's making F1 look too easy. We need to go back to a time when drivers weren't all pros that have been racing since they were two. So I'm proposing that from the 1st of January 2021, no one under the age of 17 is allowed to do any racing ever. That means, like the old days, to get to Formula 1, you have to be about 30 or 40 again. Either that, or they should have just let Van Dorn race. He'd have fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. They, they were saying this when, when Verstappen came in, weren't they? They were like, oh, you can't let a 17-year-old be good in an F1 car. They should be harder mm-hmm. to drive. They are hard to drive. I'm yeah, but they're sure. all too fucking good. It's like yeah. all sport. They're just they're too good. That was the state of F1, brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, are there any more videos this year? I may have fucked up. Ugh. Well, I've got to finish the thing on one of the videos. I haven't done it because I've been too busy. And there are two videos left to release, and now there's only one race left. <laughs> I've been, I'll be honest, I've been refreshing the Car, Carfection YouTube page with waiting for your new video. Mm. And I was like, where is it? There'll be another one soon, promise. <laughs> Find the State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That's youtube.com forward slash carfection. That is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about Mick Schumacher, who won the uh, Formula 2 championship uh, at the weekend. Well done to him. We'll see you in F1 next year. Keep fighting, Mick. And to Terry Saunders. <laughs> That's, the more I think about it, the worse taste that's in. <laughs> we haven't had time to talk about our new newsletter, which has been in the script for the last three weeks, but that's good. It's important. We have managed somehow to send out a newsletter after the last three races on the Monday. Yeah, I and we've definitely, am, we've definitely remembered about it every single time. I am gobsmacked that we've got this far. So if you want to sign up to the newsletter and see what we say about the last race, which we'll probably forget about, then sign up at newsletter.com forward slash FF1S. Yeah. We'll be back next week to discuss the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which is in Abu Dhabi, which is one of the seven emirates in the Abu Dhabi, in the United (laughs) Arab Emirates. (laughs) So close. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? They can go to ff1s forward slash dot com shop, 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 shop. And don't forget to check out our film club pick from Carfection. We drove Colin McRae's 1997 Subaru Impreza WRC car. That's in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I've been G. Kres. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.